What's in store for your business this week at Staples? Doing business like a CEO while saving like a CFO. Staples has all the supplies you need to run your business like a boss at prices that'll make your bookkeeper smile. Now that is an achievement. Everything from paper to pens. And right now, a 12-pack of Big Round Stick Ballpoint Pens is just 99 cents. And a 5-pack of Sharpie Accent Highlighters is only $1.99. At Staples, where there's a whole lot in store. Ends 126.19 in-store only. Assorted colors, Limit five. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the law. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running, and I'm so far from my. We will not go gently. Uh, we're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear. Way back when, when the Rams were in St. Louis, 
it was the uh, one they called the 9-11 Super Bowl, uh, where you two did the halftime show, and it was the first Super Bowl after 9-11 down in New Orleans. It's uh, in a domed-type stadium once again, but this time it's in the Mercedes uh, Stadium in um, Atlanta, Georgia. So, uh, Tony, what's your knee-jerk reactions from yesterday's games? Um, and let's, let's just throw in this. Knee-jerk reactions overall and knee-jerk reactions having to do with officiating. Well, my knee-jerk reaction for the game is I think it's going to be an exciting game. I'm actually looking forward to watching it, believe it or not. You know, Patriots uh, in it again. Um, I've kind of made my peace with uh, their their success. I mean, whatever, they're, they're having a great era, so, you know, it's going to be a great game. As far as the officiating, I mean, what can you do? Uh, what can you do at this point? I mean, the, people are talking about the, the, the call against the uh, Saints at the end of the game, and that was pretty egregious. I mean, why – how that's not interference and the two against Joe Hayden in week 16 were, whatever, I don't know. But what about the, uh, the, the roughing the passer call against, you know, when the guy slapped Brady's shoulder in the fourth quarter when the when the uh, Patriots were, were trailing? <laughs> I mean, going for the they were going for the go-ahead touchdown there, and, and they call, call that roughing the passer? I mean, come on. Uh, and people are talking about you need – you need uh, full-time officials. I don't know what full-time officiating really would even uh, entail and what, what it could prevent. When you have these guys, uh, they're, they're so in their heads with what they have to look for, what they have to call. I don't, I don't even know if, if, if full-time officiating would help, but it, it's certainly a big problem, and it, it, it's sad to see games being decided by, by non-players. Well, you know, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I got to tell you, um, we talked about this right after the Saints game when the Steelers lost uh, and there were some uh, pretty egregious calls. And uh kind of find it fitting that the uh, the first person making a lot of noise is uh, Cam Jordan um, for New Orleans, who is one of those guys that was basically um, – labeling Pittsburgh as a bunch of whiners after uh, they lost mm-hmm. that game and were complaining about the, the officiating. But, uh, you know, it's a shame. I thought the New Orleans Saints, if I was in Who Dat Nation, which is the stupidest nickname ever next to Who Day, but uh, if I was a, a fan of that team, I would be just absolutely enraged at this point because I thought this was a uh, – this was a – legacy tarnishing loss to uh to drew Brees. now it does he did nothing to tarnish the legacy but th- this was a chance for him to get his second rank and uh, you know really i thought they were ripped off because that you know that yeah. pass interference gets called and uh they're marching right in and it's just and that was in fact you could take away the complaints that we had um, all season long, um, next to the the blatant offsides um, on the Los Angeles Chargers game on December second, this was uh, there was no other Steeler penalty that was this terribly called than that uh, the, that pass on uh, uh, Nickel Roby, uh, Nickel Roby or Nickel Roby. Um, it, it, it just was bad. Um, so if you're a Saints fan, well, I mean, what are you thinking today? 
Um, I'm thinking, I'm thinking it's probably the the maybe the worst loss in franchise history. I mean, it's you know, like you said, if they if they call that a pass interference right there, they basically can run out the clock and you know, kick a field goal if they wanted to. I don't know how many timeouts the Rams had at that moment, but it, it certainly would have been uh, it would have been hard for the Rams to to to, to, to score at you know to come down the field with with little you know what. They made 20 seconds left in the game. You know, if it would have worked out in the, in the Saints' favor. So, if I'm the Saints, I'm feeling really bad. But at the same time, you know, the calls against the Steelers kept them out of the playoffs. So, I guess it's just you just never know when your when your number's going to be called. If you're a fan watching your team playing in, in crucial moments, you never know when when the officials are going to come up and bite you. You know, another thing I'd like to bring up is uh, the former official in the booth that has become very popular the last couple of years. I know Fox first did it um, just a few years ago, and now we have we have a couple of guys in the booth now. Um, now CBS has one. It seems like uh, that's the big flavor of the month that, that they're having. Do you find that distracting, Tony? Because I actually do. Um, it seems like uh, they, they actually make it worse to me because there's, they tell you that, oh, this is definitely going to get reversed or it's definitely not going to get reversed, and you're actually banking on what they're saying. And I actually feel even worse after the call comes back through and it's the absolute wrong call. So I, I kind of uh, think that innovation has, uh, for me, it's run its course. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, it's like they they they're just like the, the guy, the other guys in the booth. They they get it right half the time. So, what's the point? I mean, if 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 they're not seeing what the guys on the on the field are seeing, you know, which they should based on experience, then what does that tell you about the, about the state of officiating? It's just it's just it's crew to crew. You don't know what you're what you're going to get from crew to crew, and and it shouldn't be that way. But at, at the same time, what can you do to for, to, to change it, I, I really don't know. First fact or fiction of the night, and uh, this is a, a feature that uh, we're bringing back. In fact, it had its entire podcast uh, just two years ago. Um, so, uh, bringing back uh, the uh, fact or fiction aspect of the show, um, fact or fiction: penalties and officiating in the NFL cannot be fixed. Actually, I'm going to say fiction because I think we have come to a point, and I know a lot of people are going to hate this, where there should be some kind of challenge system for for certain penalties. Not all penalties, but certain penalties at certain points of the game maybe should be challenged. So I think there there is a small chance that you could fix it, and I think it's a challenge system. You know what, and we talked about that at length, um, especially after the Saints game, that uh, maybe if you had only one, one you can use the entire game. Yes. Um, and uh, go ahead and use it. But then uh, when I was, everybody I say that to says, well, you're opening up a Pandora's box. Well, you know what? I mean, what if it's limited to one? I mean, I, I don't know how that's, if you're writing a wrong, how is it really opening up a Pandora's box? I mean, I'm sure, yeah, I know there's things that go along with it, but 
really, I mean, you have guys that are being paid millions of dollars to play this game, stakes, and they're just getting to a Super Bowl. And what we saw yesterday, I mean, the, the Saints will never get that back. The Chiefs, I feel like the Chiefs were robbed, too. Um, I, I thought the Chiefs were robbed a couple of times. One time they were robbed on the Edelman phantom no-touch touch on the punt ended up not really mattering. But then somebody brought up to me tonight when I was out saying that, well, I mean, maybe uh, they score a little bit sooner and uh, um, they score a little bit sooner and they go ahead and it, it takes less time. So, um, yeah. and then then the, uh, they have more time on the clock to, to score a touchdown or something like that. Right. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, ifs and buts, candy and nuts, we know – the whole Merry Christmas thing um, with that. But, you know, I, I just feel like you brought up, you, you brought up the, uh, the roughing the passer, which wasn't, I mean, he, it was an arm motion yeah. down that hit him in the chest, but, and that's the thing. And then they go into the booth. They have the former official in the booth uh, saying, well, you know, that's uh I guess it was just a bad angle, and he didn't see it. Why can't we correct that? That's a problem. Um, it exactly. just continues to be a problem. And we saw with the Steelers this year, if the Steelers could, uh, if the Steelers could challenge penalties, maybe Mike Tomlin's uh, goose egg on that um, would finally turn around, and he'd actually get a reversal. Um, <laughs> you, you know, I just, I just don't understand it why uh, we see a wrong and we continue to let it happen. Um, you and I are a fan of old school professional wrestling. I'm a yes. big fan of professional wrestling and it's always the thing, um, you know, it's like the official turned his back. He didn't see it. And then we have a new champion, <laughs> but that's a script and that's entertainment. This is more than that. We need to, we, we need to fix it. I mean, you can't right the wrong next week by giving a rematch like you can in professional wrestling. It's not; it just doesn't happen that way. They always well, end yeah. up writing that wrong because yeah. it always ends up to be a rematch, and there's some kind of redemption. You can't get that redemption here. So um, the good guy always eventually wins in, in wrestling. Yeah, but not, not in the NFL. <laughs> so I mean. But then, then there's some people that are saying that maybe it is scripted because it kind of feels yeah, like yeah. it because uh, we've got to make Tom Brady an all-time god, and it it just seems that way. And I'm not that kind of guy, but it makes me wonder sometimes that do they just want the Patriots to continue to win? I haven't won enough. I mean, sour grapes and. And the uh, yeah. the phrase that they use all the time that drives me crazy, but it's true. You hate us because you ain't us. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it just, it just drives me nuts. If the Steelers were in that position, if the Steelers were in that AFC championship game, uh, I'm not even going to factor fiction this one. They would have not gotten the calls, and and it would be even worse of a day today. Um, I can absolutely tell you that um, something's got to be done. We have a possible solution, but uh, 
apparently it's opening Pandora's box and you can't do that, but it's got to be as obvious as the birthmark on Drew Brees' face that mm-hmm. something's got to be done. I know that was in poor taste. I apologize, but I, uh, I had to get some humor out of this whole situation. Um, but I thought Kansas City got it ripped off. I, I think the fans got it ripped off. I think the fans would have loved yeah. to have seen Pat Mahomes, um, young buck against old cowboy and Drew Brees. I, I think I think that would have been just absolutely amazing. Um, I guess you're getting yeah. that in golf and Brady, but I I think everybody wanted wanted Chiefs Saints. I I really thought they did, but you know I guess enough sour grapes there. But the big question is, and uh, we always take this show and we pertain it to what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So what is the biggest problem that everybody has identified as the biggest problem with the Steelers, Tony, and that is the defense. But after seeing yesterday's games and watching teams lose leads, and have a lead with 35 seconds left, and it still gets tied. You know, you t- the Patriots took the lead with 35 seconds left. I mean, no lead was safe. With I mean, if you would have had a, a chance to get the ball with 10 seconds left, it, it might have not been safe yesterday. It was just that insane. Um, yeah, and, and – and, and the, the score of the game was like 14-7 into the fourth quarter, and then the final score is 37-31. It's almost like they just wait. The offense just uh, – for either team just flips a switch, and it's like, all right, we can score any time we want now. So it's just, that, it's just that kind of league now. So my factor fiction for you, Tony, is the Steelers' defense is not that bad. Defense is dead in the NFL. Is that fact? Or is that fiction? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it, it, it's fact. I mean, the defense isn't it, isn't horrible. It's just it's just it's just impossible. To, the, the whole offense is down in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, the Steelers weren't able to. Uh, the Steelers' offense wasn't able to come, come back in the fourth quarter enough times this year. You know, as, you know, while the defense was giving up leads in the fourth quarter, but. It's just it's just indicative of, of, of what every team has to go through in the NFL now. I mean, it's even even the uh, the, the the NFC Championship game. You know, the Rams. How much time did they have? Like a minute, and, and they to go down the field, and they, and they could have scored a touchdown if Jared, if Jared Goff would have saw would have uh, seen number seventeen going across the middle. He, they'd probably score a touchdown there instead of kicking the field goal. So it's just it's just Tech Mobile football right now. It's 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 flag football 100 yards that's that's what it is at the risk tony and i agree with you i i uh i think defense is dead all across the nfl after what i saw yesterday with uh some decent defenses on the field and i i I, i'm going to give credit where credit's due um you know i hate the patriots but i do respect the way they play the game and i know i'm going to get killed for that because of Deflate Gate and because of uh, Spygate, but I mean, I just think nobody adjusts better than Bill Belichick, especially if you played them in the season. They, Tony Romo, they always talk about that. Um, but for me, I didn't realize their defense was that good. 
Um, that yeah. defense played pretty good football in the first half. I mean, to shut out the Chiefs in the first half, especially at home, was to me was absolutely amazing. Um, you know, so I don't think the Steelers' defense is as bad as we thought. I still think it uh, there needs to be a change. But uh, let's uh, go ahead and uh, go completely over to the black and gold now. And uh, let's do another fact or fiction here. And uh, this is something that uh, I had an article, Fact or Fiction, and I included this, and I'd like to talk about it now. Fact or Fiction, this is Keith Butler's final year as defensive coordinator of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is that Fact or Fiction? I have to say it's fact, you know, with the uh, with bringing Terrell Austin last week, and, and, and um, I think he's up, his contract's up after this year. And I'm, I'm assuming that they paid him a pretty good uh, – uh, gave him a pretty good contract to stick around until Dick LeBeau retired. So he's probably getting paid more than your average defensive coordinator. So I think for financial reasons they're going to keep him around one more year, but I think this is his final year. You know what? I will agree with you on that, and the reason I'm agreeing with you is just for the fact that they they're, they don't want to eat his salary. They might as well at least keep him around. They're bringing – they haven't really defined what they're going to do with Terrell Austin coming in. Um, he's a defensive assistant. He's something. I have no clue what he is, but he's yeah. a former defensive coordinator. So is he a guy that uh, that is a shadow and a, a footstep guy for Keith Butler? So Because it actually works better that way for them. I mean, I would have rather than brought in a uh, Chuck Pagano or a uh, Greg Williams or maybe the Greg Williams thing never going to happen or a Marvin Lewis or something like that, someone um, that has a better pedigree than Terrell Austin. But at least it gives you an opportunity to try out Terrell Austin probably pretty cheap and uh, go ahead and uh, give one last chance to see if Butler could uh, – finally do as promised and i don't think a lot of a lot of us think that's going to happen but uh you know it is indeed a possibility that they do have a better year um but with that being said you know it's not exactly what fans want but the front office doesn't do what we want they do what they think is best for business and i guess um keeping him around and not eating a salary and getting nothing out of him. Um, when maybe, uh, maybe a guy like Butler could help with the linebackers right now. They have not yet hired a linebacker coach. So I, I'm interested to see exactly what happens, whether Austin has something to do with them, whether Butler does, but, uh, I still think it's his last year. I think, uh, it's just, uh, not going to ha- going ahead and, uh, just dropping that contract and eating it. But they did it with Todd Haley. They waited to uh they waited to do Todd Haley till after his deal was done. And so that way it doesn't it's not a firing. It's just like, yeah, we just didn't extend you. No, so I've done your contract. Kind of the way they do business. The uh fact or fiction, Tony, the number one need in the off season, whether it be free agency or whether it be uh, in the draft, is a quarterback over an inside linebacker. Is that fact or fiction? 
No, I'd say it's fiction. I think it's inside linebacker is definitely their biggest need. I think we saw that last year. They they were vulnerable over the middle, especially in the passing game. So I, I definitely think it's – they definitely have to try to find a way to, to close the gap between the linebackers they have right now and what, what Ryan Shazier was before he got injured. I think they, they, they definitely need to find that kind of guy. Do you think C.J. Mosley is a possibility for this team? Uh I think it's a pipe dream. I would love for it. To, I would. I would love for it to happen. But I just the Steelers just don't do things like that. I wish. I, I wish it was a possibility. I would love it, but uh, it doesn't seem like a very Steeler move. They're going to have money, though. That's the thing. There's going to be money, and I mean, how crazy would Steeler Nation go if that money doesn't get spent? Oh, they would they would go crazy. They would go crazy. But I mean, their their track record in recent years with free agents is just it's just so underwhelming. I mean, now we have the the news with Morgan Burnett wanting release. That you know, I I I hope they do. I really just hope they go for it. I mean, they and they have shown a willingness to 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 do it. You know, with Joe Hayden, although that was more of a, a fluky kind of thing. Nobody thought he would be released, but they have shown a willingness. So maybe maybe they they realize that they need. They're one player away on defense, maybe, from getting this team to where it has to, where, where we all want it to go, and that's to the Super Bowl again. So maybe, maybe they will uh, roll the dice this year and, and, and be really aggressive in free agency. I sure hope so. Well, you know what? A lot of things are going to be. It's going to be very interesting with Antonio Brown most likely leaving, and I mean, yeah. I would expect a team to give up a first round pick. Um, and something else for a guy, Antonio Brown. I don't care if he's 30 years old. Um, you get production out of this guy, and that production just does not seem to be dropping off um, at all. I mean, there's Jerry Rice comes out last week and says, Antonio Brown wants to be a 49er. We, we heard him mention that before, I mean, like right when this happened, um, where he was liking a tweet that had him in a, a 49er uniform. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, they have the number two pick in the draft. Uh, would yeah. a team give up a number two pick in the draft to get a guy like Antonio Brown? Is he worth that? Well, I, as a Steelers fan, I think he's worth it. But the more I read people online talking about his age and how valuable that number two overall pick is this year, I, I, I find it hard to believe that they would do, the 49ers would do it, but if they don't want to do it, if I'm the Steelers, I would say, well, then you're not going to get Antonio Brown. So that's just how I feel about it. You know, maybe the market isn't number number two pick for a 30 year old receiver, but Antonio Brown is not your average 30 year old receiver. He's one of the best who ever, who's ever played the game. I think we can safely say that right now. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Memo to fans: They don't have to trade Antonio Brown. Right, they, yeah, don't they don't whatsoever. I mean, and uh, I, you know, I mean, this, this could be an ego thing for Antonio Brown if uh, they go ahead and they're not getting great offers for him. Um, he could turn around and do the, you know what? I had a change of heart. I want to stay here. And they could go ahead and do yeah. that. Um, and that is that's something that I think actually could be a possibility because when R two came out and said. You know, I don't see, I don't see a possibility of him staying. That actually, for me, it opened the door, um, especially with the uh, 
the business, the good business and the picture of him tweet that Antonio put out. So, you know, I, I'm thinking that it could be a possibility. Then he goes ahead and uh, he goes ahead and turns around and takes the name off Twitter. And so and his side of the story's coming and, and you never know. I mean, but uh, I got to tell you, I, for my job, I was away last week. And the entire week, I was studying uh, mental health and uh, and just uh, mental health situations. Um, and it was something that everything I'm reading, I'm thinking, my gosh, that's AB. I mean, we we were talking about uh, we were talking about different kinds of mania and how people would just go ahead and spend exorbitant amounts of money in one weekend on crazy things. And, and then I'm, I'm looking at an Instagram of a, uh, a ring with, uh, I'm not a mental health professional, but, uh, I'm looking at a, a, uh, $20,000 greatest of all time, a goat ring <laughs> that he bought. I'm like, yeah. what does that really go with? I mean, where are you, where, I mean, how many times Tony, do you leave your house and go, Oh, I got to run back in. I got to get my goat ring. Uh, well, never, but then again, I don't, I don't, I don't wear jewelry, jewelry, so I don't know, maybe if I did, but, but, uh, I'm not the greatest of all time in anything, so it's hard to say, but, but I, I definitely wouldn't, uh, be wearing that anywhere, if, even if I was the greatest of all time, because somebody could just knock me out and take it off my hand, so I don't even know why, what UC would have for that right now, other than just, to further his uh, his ego, like you said, I, I think that's that's all that is. That's well, a, that's, you're uh, my that's, you're my greatest yeah. buddy named Tony of all time. <laughs> oh, there you go. Well, I guess well, well, I'll get go. a ring for that. I'll get a ring. I don't yeah, know how much it's going to be, but I, I'll go out and get fitted for for one before our next show. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll talk to Jeff. We'll make sure that there's there's a, a bump for you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I could use one. So you can afford that twenty thousand dollar ring. Uh, That's right. <laughs> that being said, uh, now we're getting a little crazy. Um, yeah, lots of great stuff. I, you know, actually, I'm almost a little disappointed, Tony, because it was kind of a quiet Steeler week, and it's just. Maybe I'm relieved. It's just not what we're used to here because yeah. we're used to. It seems quiet for what what uh, has been happening as of late. I'm sure it's going as soon as I get off the phone, it's going to kick up and go crazy again because uh, it, it seems like with uh, Le'Veon Bell and now Antonio Brown, I liken the situation to. Uh, the Friday the 13th movies. And it's like you have the teenagers, they think they think it's all done, they're in a t- they're laying there in a tent arm in arm. Um just uh you're comforting each other and they're like uh yes, the worst is the worst is over. Next thing you know, a a knife just comes slashing the canvas of the tent and just completely uh you know, beheads the guy. And lops off his head, and then the, the young co-heads, co-heads running around like crazy, trying to be safe, while this idiot in a, ski, uh, in a uh, hockey mask is chasing you. That's how mm-hmm. I feel being a Steeler fan and a blogger these days. 
because just when you think things are calm and they're going to get back to normal, a maniac lops off your head. So <laughs> with that being said, that's right. <laughs> we'll see what's ahead for us in Steeler Nation. But Tony, as always, um, my last fact or fiction of the night, and I'm going to go ahead and take it. It was a pleasure working with you again this evening, and my friend, that is fact. So be sure to catch us um, every week, even the off season, um, even when the Super Bowl's over. We have so much to do as a part of Steeler Nation. We're still going to be uh, hungover every single week until we have football, black and gold clad warriors once again. So, Tony, have a great week. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you for the kind words, and it was great working with you, and I can't wait to talk to you next week. We'll be, I guess we'll be previewing the Super Bowl and maybe talking about that Friday the 13th thing happening. You never know. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> we, have, we have a whole week to go. Exactly. So, uh, or it could be like Freddie, where you just don't go to sleep, or someone will invade your dreams. <laughs> so, uh, maybe impel you with a uh, a goat ring. Who knows? But uh, with that being said, mm-hmm. uh, for behind the steel curtain, for Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Thank you so much for joining us, Steeler Nation, and you, our friends, have just been hungover. Good night. Hey everybody, it's Neil Patel, Editor-in-Chief of The Verge. I host a podcast every week called The Verge Cast with my friends Paul Miller and Dieter Bone. We've got a rotating cast of characters from our entire site, which is about technology, how it impacts culture, and how that is all a big cycle that causes us to have a wide variety of feelings that you can listen to every Friday. We've done over 300 episodes in the six years since The Verge has been around, but you only need to listen to one, the latest one, to get caught up on everything in tech news. Vergecast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere else. Also, you listen to podcasts, check it out.